Welcome back everyone. SCHD is probably the most popular dividend growth ETF right now, and rightfully so. The fund has a stellar track record, pays a pretty good dividend yield, and is very inexpensive compared to most other dividend ETFs. If you invested in this fund since its inception in 2011, you have probably seen a pretty good return on your investment, in relation to the overall market that is. But what if average isn't what you're looking for? What if you want to be better than average? And what if there was a very simple way you could achieve better than average returns? Sounds too good to be true? Probably. But it isn't. There is a very simple strategy that anyone can easily follow that has led to better than average returns for SCHD and any other fund or stock out there. I've backtested this investing approach for many funds and stocks, and it worked all of the time, but it does have one major pitfall. Let me start by telling you what this simple strategy is, how and why it works, and then I'll explain its major pitfall and why you should be careful if you decide to use it. The story begins with a comment on one of my recent articles in Seeking Alpha. I like to give credit where credit is due, so thank you very much to BM Casual Detective for inspiring this analysis. Their comment was pretty lengthy but insightful, and one particular sentence stood out to me. Quote, In addition, I would suggest buying ETFs only during periods of weakness and undervaluation. For example, only below the 200-day line as a proxy for fair value. This is easy to do and very helpful. End quote. Reading this made my mind churn. I like easy and I like undervaluation, so I decided to test it, and what better ETF to test it on than SCHD? Essentially, what BM Casual Detective is saying here is that we use the 200-day moving average line for the ETF to help us identify more opportune times to invest. This is very easy to use, because many free websites that provide financial charts include a moving average indicator. Yahoo Finance is probably the easiest that I have seen. All you do is navigate to the page, look up the fund you'd like to review, head over to the chart tab, and click on this little plus sign next to the word indicators. As you can see, the moving average is one of the most commonly used indicators. So all we do is select it and change the period to our desired number of days and click save. And voila, we have a 200 day historical moving average chart. This is nice and dandy for a visualization of when the stock traded below its 200 day moving average, but it's not overly easy to create a backtest from a chart. So the next thing I did was head over to Google Spreadsheets and leverage their financial data to create an automated backtest I could run for any fund or stock over any period of time I desired. This was actually easier to build than I expected, and the file is already shared on my Patreon page, if any of my current patrons want to go play around with it. Let me briefly explain how this backtest works, and then we will run it to find out exactly how beneficial the strategy is or isn't. The spreadsheet is quite simple, and requires only a few manual entries to run the backtest. In cell B1, I type in the ticker symbol of the ETF or stock I would like to analyze. Then Google Finance provides a daily trading history going back as far as possible, limited only by my start and stop trade dates. My formulas at the moment will only work for a 20-year maximum backtest, so I can't go back further in time than approximately March of 2003. The only other parameter I can change here is the analysis time frame, using the two dates and column L. By changing these dates around, I can look at any specific period of time I would like within my test trade window. I have trimmed the stop date to end exactly one year prior to today, because looking at annualized returns for periods of time shorter than one year can lead to messy results. The only major handicap of this backtest is that it does not include dividends, because it would be impossible to automate the process, since every fund and stock pays dividends on a different day, and then you have to account for the time between the X date and the pay date. Not having dividends here is unfavorable, because without them, I can't see the true return a given fund or stock would have generated. However, my objective here is to see whether or not I can achieve a better than average return by using the 200 day moving average as a buy indicator. And this backtest will show that. If you think about it, if I can generate a better than average return without dividends, this means I would be able to purchase the fund or stock at more favorable prices. And with this line of thinking, 
Purchasing shares at more favorable prices leads to a higher starting dividend yield. Hence, the results with dividends would only increase the gap between the better and worse return. I hope that makes sense. Alright, enough of the nerdy talk. Let's take a look at the test for STHD. I'm going to type in the ticker symbol, hit enter, and wait for Google to do its magic. And here we go, we have a 200 day moving average backtest for the full history of STHD, going all the way back to October 20th of 2011. The average daily price return this ETF offered between August 6th of 2012 and March 9th of 2022 was 7.92%. The reason the return test starts in August of 2012 and not on day 1 in October of 2011 is because we need 200 trading days to come up with our first 200 day moving average. The average daily price return for days when the SDHD traded below its 200 day moving average was 10.87% and 7.39% when it traded above the moving average. That's really good. Going from 7.92% to 10.87% is nearly a 3% better return. When you factor in that SCHD pays a dividend yield of more than 3%, this would mean using this strategy would lead to an average annualized return of more than 14%, while the ETF itself on average generated a return closer to 11%. I think this is a meaningful enough level of alpha for us to pay attention. I know what you may be thinking. What if SCHD is just a fluke accident where the cards lined up just right for this backtest to work? I thought the same thing which is part of the reason I automated the spreadsheet so that I can test multiple ETFs and stocks as well. So let's run through a few more funds and a handful of stocks to see if these favorable results continue. I'll start with what I call SCHD's twin brother, DGRO. We have slightly less trading history as DGRO was launched in June of 2014, but the results came in even better than the results for SCHD. The average daily return excluding dividends was 6.79%, while using the 200-day moving average led to an average daily return of 10.17%. Let's look at a fund with more history, the also very popular Vanguard Dividend Appreciation ETF, ticker symbol VIG. VIG dates all the way back to April of 2006, and the results are not quite as good, but still favorable for the strategy. The average daily return was 7.87%, while the average return using the moving average was 9.26%. Let's see how VYM shakes out, and we find the same pattern here as well. The average daily return was 6.34%, while the moving average return was 7.94%. It even works for funds like QILD, that I must admit has a pretty awful price-only average return of minus 8.29%. However, using the moving average would improve this average return to a still awful minus 7.09%. Let's take a look at a few stocks to see if this trend holds up. I'll start with Johnson & Johnson, a very popular dividend aristocrat, and the moving average indicator led to an improvement from 4.68% to 5.47% in the full 20-year test. Coca-Cola also passes the test, with the moving average return being 6.42%, while the overall average return was 5.5%. Let's look at a better performing stock like Apple. And here we go, these are the kind of returns I like to see, 28.98% using the moving average, compared to 25.3% overall, a nice little bump of 3.68%. Let's look at a non-dividend paying stock like Tesla. Again, we see more favorable returns of 56.9% using the moving average, compared to the overall return of 41.55% which is not too shabby if you ask me. I'm sure if I looked at enough ETFs or stocks, I would probably find some that would not pass muster. But in general, I can say this valuation method is pretty reliable. I ran this backtest on about 50 more stocks after I put it together, and I didn't come across even one that didn't see more favorable returns while using the moving average. So that's it, we found the holy grail of investing. That was so simple and obvious, few people gave it a second thought. Not exactly. Do you remember what I mentioned at the beginning about this strategy having one major pitfall? It's time to talk about it. Let's go back to the original test subject, SCHD. While we can clearly see that investing when the ETF traded below its 200-day moving average 
led to a better average return of 10.87%, compared to just 7.92% for every trading day in the test window. There is one major shortfall, staring us straight in the face here, and it's called time value of money. The return test window for SCHD spans 2,413 trading days, and the ETF traded below its moving average on only 368 of these days. That's just about 16% of the time. So if we are buying the ETF 16% of the time, it also means that 84% of the time we are sitting on our money. And what does the stock market do over time? It goes up. When I crunched the math of using the moving average as a buy indicator for a long-term dollar-cost averaging approach, it didn't always lead to better-than-average results. For some stocks and funds, it did lead to a better outcome. But about 50% of the time, it also underperformed the standard dollar-cost average approach of just buying the stock or fund every single day. Let me show you the actual data for SCHD to paint this picture from a different angle. The moving average test started on August 6th of 2012. The first day the ETF traded below its moving average was November 14th, which was 69 days after the test started. And SCHD traded below its moving average for only 3 days, from the 14th to the 16th. Then we had to wait 27 more days for another buying opportunity on December 28th. And after that we had to wait 274 days for the next buying opportunity on February 3rd of 2014. The longest dry period, where SCHD traded above its 200-day moving average, was from March 1st, 2016 to March 22nd of 2018, or 520 trading days. Can you imagine how difficult it would be to sit on your cash for more than 2 years, while the stock market continues to climb? I can't picture myself waiting patiently on the sidelines for 2 months, let alone 2 years. Clearly, this pitfall is pretty bad, and I hate to burst the bubble on what appeared to be a great strategy, but I'm glad that I don't have to because you can still use the 200-day moving average to your benefit if you use it in a smart way. Instead of using this strategy for a single stock or ETF, apply it to your entire portfolio. Let's say I have a portfolio of 4 stocks, United Healthcare, Home Depot, Apple and West Pharma, and I run a moving average backtest for each of these stocks, and I can see that United Healthcare is currently trading below its 200-day moving average, as is Home Depot, but Apple isn't and West Pharma isn't either. I can use this information to contribute more new money to United Healthcare and Home Depot, while I wait for better prices from Apple and West Pharma. Will this lead to better results? I don't know. It's too difficult to say or test. Historically, these four stocks have generated a varying range of returns, and while the moving average tells us we can achieve a better than average return, that is only compared to the specific stock or fund we are testing. So you can't really make the assumption that buying Home Depot when it's trading below its 200-day moving average is better than buying Apple when it's trading above its average. There are more factors at play here when it comes to future returns. In the end, the moving average strategy is just a tool that you can add to your review process to help support your decisions. I'm not quite sure how I will use this personally, but it's certainly given me some things to think about. If you'd like to support the channel and get access to this spreadsheet and all the other spreadsheets I have shared here in the past, then head over to my Patreon page using the link in the description below.